where it's at. I got two Dan tables and a microphone. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Where It's At. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Diggy Dan Hornstein. <laughs> I like last week's voice better. Last week's intro. was better, but I don't want to do that a second time. I don't know. No, I get it. I like how you're spicing it up with, you know, some, you know, I'm trying Style to give it to your some, name. yeah, a little, a little pizzazz, a little yeah. something, something, something for the something. ladies, you know. <laughs> Next one, we'll get to a point where we're just doing ASMR and it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> for the whole thing. Heck yeah. Uh, so if you haven't heard us before, this podcast is a music-based podcast with no actual music on it uh, for anyone who enjoys listening to music. So get your Spotify or your Apple Music open and feel free to switch back and forth if you want to listen to something that we're talking about on this podcast. Dan and I, each week, we'll pick an album for the week. That's kind of redundant, but I said it. I'm in a food coma, so give me a break. Uh, <laughs> listen to it. They come together to give a brief bio of an artist and then discuss why we picked them and have conversations on it. Yeah, I made homemade from scratch. Everything lasagna. It was unbelievably good. Everything and lasagna is not to be confused. It's not made with everything bagels. Right, no. There's, everything was a, made from scratch. There's a connotation Including the ricotta there. cheese. <laughs> Although, I would be willing to try. If somebody made everything lasagna using everything bagels instead of noodles, I would be Oh, I would do it. In you a just weird way. I would be so okay with that. That actually is not a bad idea. Everything <laughs> bagel lasagna. Fuck yeah. I'm writing that down. I'm everything serious. Lasagna. I'm writing that down right now. Okay, hold on. Let me write this down. Uh, take your time. Okay, so while you're doing that, yeah, okay. I'll just... Uh, <laughs> Tell us about Sniggles. Sniggles. Oh, so so each week we start our podcast with reviewing a single from an artist, and we call it Sniggles. Sniggles is, in fact, a tribute to the Cameron Crowe 1992 movie Singles, which takes place in Seattle at the peak of the grunge break before the, the water crested and the scene receded back into obscurity. And the people that were involved with that movie, the bands that were involved, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, et cetera. And as well as uh, somebody that I knew who lived in the scene at the time, uh, liked to make fun of it and called it Sniggles. So we call our singles Sniggles as yeah. singles. What did you pick this week? This week, real quick before we get into what I picked, uh, you can oh. find me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Pockets 21, and you can find Dan at Dwight Privilege. Dwight Privilege. And you can also send Instagram. us an email at wherepod at gmail.com. So this week, I picked Trilogy by a band from California called Silent Planet. How familiar uh, are you with this band going into this? Not super familiar. I okay. have heard one of their other albums before, and I really enjoyed their album, the album that I did listen to. I haven't heard any other stuff other than the one album. Okay. I, I really enjoyed it. The album was decently good like quick beard scale off the album i'll give it like a three and a half okay it had some really good tracks and then a bunch of tracks that were just like kind of okay but the one track that is really good is just mind-blowingly epic and it's a song about like coming back from war it's like about being a traumatized war veteran and it's it's oh so, so they covered one by metallica <laughs> 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 no, but <laughs> it's it's such a powerful song, and the like, the music reflects it. 
It's very chaotic. It's really good. So like I saw this single and I was like, okay, I, I really like that. Let's hear this single. So I did a little bit of research. This song, which this is what piqued my interest for this song. So the lyrics of this song are about the singer's stay in a mental hospital. And he wrote all the lyrics in one sitting. He, he like had to stay in a mental hospital, got out and was like, I want to write a song about this so that he just like sat down and wrote this, this song. Holy and then cow. the band okay. like wrote the music to it. And this song kind of gives you that kind of vibe, or at least kind of gives me that kind of vibe. Just like, you're you're having your some something happened to you you're in a mental hospital you're you're trying to figure things out you want to get out of there it's it's a crazy song the breakdown on this song is so much fun that's one thing i like about this this band is they can do some really cool breakdowns they have a little bit of chaos and noise to them but they're they have these they have these elements, just these other odd elements. They aren't your typical metalcore band. They have yeah. a lot of the metalcore vibes to it, but it's they try and do their own thing, and they do have their own sound that kind of makes them stand out somewhat from a lot of the other Devil Wars Prada style bands. What do you think, Dan? Does the does the rest of the stuff have that kind of electronic influence? That's one of the things that caught me first go around listening to the song was yeah. the it starts off with that almost nineties techno yeah. kind, kind of style. And maybe it's just because it's the week that the movie came out, but I kind of wanted them to go like mortal Kombat when they kicked in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that, that would have made the, that would have sealed the deal for me. With oh. The rest of the, the rest of the song could have been fucking bullshit, but yeah. I've been like 10 stars just because of that. <laughs> no, it's, they, they actually do have a, uh, some electronic elements to it. Like they're, Kind of like how Deftones changed when Frank Delgado joined the band and they mm -hmm. got more synthy and atmospheric stuff into it. In their yeah. other, some, a lot of the other songs, they have this synthy atmospherics of this electronic presence, which is really cool. Yeah, I go back and forth with that. It, I'm, I'm typically, I'm kind of hit or miss, you know, like, uh, and, and I can't say why I like some and not the other. A, a mm -hmm. good example is uh, in the nineties, you remember white zombie Astro oh, creep yeah. 2000. That's one of my favorite records from the nineties. I absolutely love that record. I'll still listen to it. And I think it's a banger. Just every mm -hmm. track rocks, but then you get other bands that do it like a static X kind of style right. or like and a it, power man 5,000 style. Right. And I go, meh. And I'll tell you that with with just this song, having not heard the rest of their catalog or anything else about them, this did kind of get me into a little more of like the Static X kind of vibes. Um, I, I the things I liked about it, I thought the singer's voice in the chorus sounded really good, and I almost mm -hmm. wished he would have done more of that style of singing throughout the rest of the track. Um, the guitars are so heavy, yeah, too, and and, and like. I wrote this down and I don't know why I wrote this, but I wrote that it's, it, the guitar is so heavy, but it's almost too low. Like the tuning. Yeah. It's like, at, it, at what point are you just playing two basses? Right. You know, like, <laughs> like on spinal tap with the big bottoms song. Um, that's what it reminded me of. And I, and the other thing is I, I felt the song was a little too short. It, it clocks in it like right at three minutes. And I, I kind of wish they would have kept it going just to see where else they could have taken it. Cause I, I had a feeling it was starting to get into a new, a new path or a new type of vibe, which would have been super cool. Yeah. Maybe this is one of those things with the, cause the song is called trilogy and I don't know if the, it just means like three minutes, like each minute is <laughs> a section of the trilogy, but, um, 
if they're if they're doing any type of conceptual stuff on the record, yeah, where this bleeds into something else, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that, and I, I kind of want to hear what else they have to do. Um, yeah, overall, uh, for me, I'm going to give it two and a half beards. Okay. It's it's not the best thing. It does remind me of a lot. It's a decent song, but it reminds me of a lot of other songs that sound really similar in that style. Mm-hmm. I uh, I gave it four. Just because I really got like I really fell in love with like the effects and the the clean vocals and the heavy guitars, I really really liked it. Even though like we're putting nine strings on guitars now, just stop seriously, Steph Carpenter, chill out. Just get a bass, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just play two basses if that's what you want to do. Just play two basses, you know. Yeah. It gets the my my the challenge for me is it gets to a point where I don't I have a hard time distinguishing what's being played. Mm-hmm. And that's that's going to be a real kicker for me, especially the older I get. My ears are going to start sucking. Yeah. So I gave it four. And so what did you pick for your Sniggle, Dan? Okay, for me, this week, I picked a song called Winter Sings to Fall by Spencer Krug. Let me give you a little short background on Spencer Krug. Spencer is a keyboardist and vocalist. Actually, he's a multi-instrumentalist, but he's a keyboardist and vocalist for the band originally Wolf Parade which was kind of an indie early, early two thousands indie rock band. I got into that. I got not into them so much, but his, he had a second band that he started in the early two thousands to start working on more of his solo material. Mm-hmm. And it's called sunset rubdown. I found subset rubdown on like Pandora out of the blue one day and fell in love with it uh, from the get-go. Went out and bought their... They had two records at the time. One had just come out. One was out like a year or two before. I found both of them. They were tough to get the CDs, but I got the CDs for them. Went and saw them in concert, and I've been following this guy's career ever since. He's done three records with Sunset Rubdown. He changed his moniker mm-hmm. and started performing under the name Moonface and mm-hmm. did an album full of piano ballads and a couple of EPs. Then under Moonface teamed up with a band from Helsinki called Sinai. I guess that's how it's pronounced. It's spelled S-I-N-A-I-I. I have no clue how to say that, but it's like Moonface and Sinai. And they released two records. And now he's... Uh, and so then he, he puts out like two more albums with Moonface. One of them is, is all marimba. One of them is all... Um, it's like half organ music and half like him and a saxophonist. So the guy's into like experimentation. He's mm-hmm. into a lot of growth in his sound. Then he, he announces, he goes, I'm not going to perform under the moniker of Moonface anymore. I'm going to perform under Spencer Krug. This is his first stuff that I've heard since he has kind of come out with that. And this has a lot of, a lot of traits, uh, that are, that are really kind of, um, indicative of his work. Mm -hmm. What's kind of cool is he's even going into a little bit of a new direction here. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some things that I like about this. Like there's, there's some, some, um, country influence with like the use of pedal steel. There's, uh, different things going on. I don't know. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to share what I liked about it. I want to hear what you thought first before I get to that. So, First of all, I didn't get this week. I was so slam busy. I didn't listen to this single as much as I wanted to. And I spent more time on psychedelic porn crumpets because okay. we'll get into that later. But yeah. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was decent, but I didn't take a chance to listen to the rest of the album. Yeah. And so my initial impression was, 
I'm not too fond of this, but I enjoyed the experiment experimental part of it. And I just, sometimes experimental music just doesn't do it for me. And sometimes it does, but I wanted, I want to sit down and listen to the rest of the album to see if there's other stuff that he does, which I'm this dude is obviously phenomenal, phenomenally talented. Yeah, I think so. The the things that really struck me, and I'll before I get into that, uh, trust me, we will do this record. We're gonna do the yeah. whole album. It's gonna be a pick for me very soon. I have a couple of things that I want to get through before that, but I love this artist too much to not go there. Let me start with what I like. If you're coming in uh, uh-huh. as a as not knowing a whole lot about Spencer probably the thing you're going to notice first is the uniqueness of his voice and how he sings. He has such a unique presentation and I'm very drawn to it. I don't know why it reminds me of David Bowie, but it reminds me of David Bowie. He doesn't sound like David Bowie, but there's something about the choices that he makes and the presentation that I get weird Bowie vibes from it. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just the nature of him as an artist and how he's willing to go in a lot of different directions like Bowie does. The, the, one of the downsides to Spencer is uh, he, I think he self produces a lot of stuff. So a lot of his records have a very low fi production sound and this is no different. You know, the drums sound kind of muffled. It's tough to pick things apart. But if you can get into that, it works for him. Typically, I don't like lo-fi production. It's not my favorite, but I'm okay with it when it's when it's on his mm-hmm. records. I love the piano lead that he does in this. And what's really neat is uh, he's he's got a very strong grasp of of musicality and theory, and knows when he can go and veer into a different direction. And he does that pretty regularly. There's always something in his songs on almost every song that he writes where he goes in a, he goes to a part and I go, Oh, like, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could make that chord change. I didn't know you could use that note. It sounds off, but also it sounds great. And I love that he does that. One of the things that I think is cool about this song is, um, uh, he uses like some really cool, unique chord changes. I I like overall, everything that he does has a very kind of, it's pop it's it's indie but there's a there's a hint of darkness kind of yeah under an undercurrent that runs yeah. through a lot of this stuff that I, I really like um and what i thought was cool is that the way the song kind of transitions from very piano heavy to guitar heavy as it continues to go and by the end of it it's got this like the you know the guitar melody the counter melody to the piano comes in and by the end of it he's got like acoustic guitar strumming going on he's got the pedal steel working on and each time he goes through the verse he's he's layering on more parts to it mm-hmm. and man that's just something that i, I go for like any anytime artists do that whether it's like nine inch nails prince spencer krug I, I don't know why I dig that. I feel like you're, you're just, it's, it's not, I I don't even know how to describe it. I just really like when artists do that. So I gave this, I ended up with uh, four and a half beards for the song. Mm -hmm. I want to continue to dig into the record too. So we're going to do that. Um, I figured I'm going to guess what you did. I'm going to say, you're probably going to give it like a three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. And, and then the thing was, is I was like, I need to be fair though. There's the one that I will be honest, one thing, and you already hit on it, the lo-fi thing. Sometimes a lo-fi recording can ruin music for me. Okay. And this, this one, it didn't ruin it, but man, it made it hard. It's close. So like his first record as Sunset Rubdown is 
was recorded in an apartment bedroom mm-hmm. and it is, it is super lo-fi, but it's the songwriting is so good. Mm-hmm. Like I, I got to meet him when he came and played in Baton Rouge and got my copy of that record, like autographed and shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, clearly I am, I am a big fan of this guy. Not everything that he's done. I've liked, but about 85% of it, I've just been gung ho for. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good sign. So I look forward to reviewing the full album and getting like a full deep dive into the whole thing. I do have one question though. So when you saw sub sunset rub rub down, did you get a sunset rub down at the same time? That's like code for something, right? That's like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I did not. Although, uh, my future wife went to the show with me and was super cool and patient while I geeked out backstage. (laughs) They dude, they played at a venue called Chelsea's in Baton Rouge. That Mm -hmm. like is a restaurant that had a stage. It's where I, it's like where I perform open mics now Mm -hmm. kind of place. And they just played there and it was so cool because I just was, I was completely fascinated with this guy and to see him in such a small venue, such an intimate setting, like they were packing up their own gear. There's no roadies. Like this is just (laughs) their DIY. It's like going to a punk show and like they're packing up their stuff. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm sorry to bother you. I I'm a big fan. Can you sign my CD? And he's like, Oh yeah. And he's, that's when he told me, he's like, you know, I recorded this in my apartment bedroom. I was like, no, that's freaking awesome. Like he talked to me for like five minutes and I was like, look, I know you guys have got to probably get on the road. Let me let you go. Thanks. Yeah. For, thanks for everything. It was a great show. Bye. And then we left. And, uh, I, I like to think that he thinks about me sometimes too. <laughs> the gung-ho fan from Baton yeah. Rouge, Louisiana. He's like, you know what? I had a feeling about that guy. I bet he's going places. Mm-hmm. And now he's like scouring. He's like, what was his name? I hope he has a podcast. (laughs) So we can listen to him talk about how great I am. Yeah. (laughs) We should tag him when we put this out. Oh, heck yeah. Tag Spencer and be like, hey, Spencer, we're coming for you. We're going to listen to the whole record. We're going to review it. I'm going to say nice things. Mark might be a little more critical. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag honesty. Yeah. (laughs) So since I already touched on, uh, the what you picked what did you pick this week dan psychedelic porn crumpets let's uh-huh. talk about psychedelic porn crumpets for a minute okay two things number one what a wonderful name for a band <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what and and uh correct me if i'm wrong uh did you not feel like it is it is the probably one of the best band names to describe the sound of the band that you're oh, listening yeah. to like yeah like g- diving in, um, I had heard this band before, but you're new to them. It yeah. had to have been like, oh yeah, this is exactly what psychedelic porn crumpets sounds like. Yeah, the from the time I hit you know the button to play, I was like, hmm, makes sense. <laughs> like, I was like, I, makes perfect sense. It. You know, it's I, I referenced Metallica earlier. Yeah. You know what Metallica will sound like because of the name of the band. Right. There's no guessing. You know what you're getting into there. Right. Um, so this is this is a band that that I'm a little new to. I had heard their last record. They're kind of a new band. They're they're from Perth, uh, Australia. Which I I I this shame on me. I'm so stupid. I, I <laughs> this is this is just, 
I'll embarrass myself. I read that and I went, Perth. Oh, cool. They're from Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's okay. I was making fun of Australia this morning. <laughs> so <laughs> about how they're all criminals. It, it was that and a few other things about how, you know, it's just a terrible place. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been. I have no knowledge of Australia whatsoever outside uh, of, um, you know, the little bit that I know. So this is the, the description in Apple Music is the band was formed in like 2014. They have a couple of records preceding this. One is called High Visceral Part 1. And they released a sequel a year later called High Visceral Part 2. And uh, the the description in Apple Music is they're a mix of sprawling, exploratory, psych pop, prog rock, and heavy garage riffs. That's accurate. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, having listened to a little bit of their stuff earlier, again, this is a band that, that to me, they make a lot of really unique choices yes. in their songwriting. There's a couple of, there's some bangers to me mm-hmm. on this record, bro. Like I got into this cool. There's some guitar heroics going on. There's some really cool stuff. Um, out of all the bands that are, that are, there's three bands that come to mind when I think about like modern psychedelia. And this is probably my favorite out of the three. There's this band, there's psychedelic porn crumpets, the less, the Claypool linen delirium. Have you heard them with no. less clay? So that is, that's less Claypool and Sean Lennon, John Lennon's son. Uh-huh. And together in a band and they have two records that are a lot of fun to listen to and really unique. And they, they both kind of harken back to this sixties garage rock, also very psychedelic sound, which yeah. is psychedelic porn crumbits. And then the third one is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And I want to like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard <laughs> so much. They are, they're insane. They've got like 15 or 16 albums released and they've been together less than 10 years. Whoa. And I mean, they're just, this force of nature as far as songwriting and production and they're writing just a ton of stuff and they're cool because their guitar player uh, uses like microtonal guitars and stuff but mm-hmm. we're not here to talk about King Gizzard and the Lizard <laughs> Wizard no we're here to talk about psychedelic porn crumpets they do guitar harmonies yeah Mark there's yeah. guitar <laughs> harmonies I love it um I read a little bit about this record so like they um they apparently they they wrote and recorded this during quarantine and it's, it's very much a product of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I like about it as a record is there's, there's a fever pitch to this. Like yeah. there's, it's, it's a concise record. And it, once it gets to track two, there's a little bit of a short intro and it, comes, it finishes with, he's like, surrender to the Rinda, surrender yeah. to the Rinda, surrender to the Rinda. And then it's on baby. Yeah. And it's like the train doesn't stop until the record's done. No. Um, what did you think? What, what what were your kind of early impressions? Initial impression was the cover art is amazing. Yeah. Like it's so cool and it's so, it's super unique and it gives off that psychedelic vibe with all multicolors and everything. I was like, wow, this is really cool. So then like the initial thing was like the intro. So I was like, I, I still don't know what the music is and it came in to tally hell. And I was like, instantly I like this song. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love this song. 
And I just, I just couldn't stop listening to the album. I was like, no, I have to finish this album before I could do anything else because <laughs> this is really actually a whole heck of a lot better than I was expecting because I nice. really didn't know what to think. But from the name, I was like, this is either going to be something super weird and obscure or yeah. it's going to be something psychedelic. And I was like, and I don't know, honestly, if I'm going to like it or not, but it's like, I'll give it an honest shot. And like I tally ho Tripolosaur. Oh my gosh. Tripolosaur is awesome. <laughs> it's such a good that's song. My, that's it's like my favorite one on the whole record. Yeah. And Mr. Prism. I love Mr. Prism. And I love the big riff at the end of Mr. Prism. Um, so this is, this is, it's interesting. Cause like the Sean Lennon connection and in terms of sound, this guy sounds like John Lennon a few times to me. And Mr. Yeah. Prism is one of the ones that I'm, I'm like, there's a heavy Beatles influence in that yeah. song. It's, it was, it was a, it was a breath of fresh air musically is what I felt like. Cause I haven't listened to anything like this probably ever occasionally maybe like some weird stuff comes across like you know like an apple radio you know whatever and you're just like oh i I was listening to this oh i'll skip it or whatever i was like oh man and this is one of those bands where i would have never ever seen the band name and been like oh i want to listen to that and check it out (laughs) just the name and i'll be like that's weird and i went on to the next (laughs) so i was like wow if it wasn't for you i would have never listened to this and wouldn't have you know, this is a great album. This is it's, why we do the podcast. This is exactly. what it's all about is, is, is finding trudging our way through the music, yeah. the music sphere to find golden nuggets like this. this is, it's my favorite thing in the world is when I can find something and get into it. Um, mm-hmm. th- so yeah, man, the, the songs that really stand out to me, I wrote down tally ho, so, I mean, there's not many that don't. Sawtooth right. Man, Monkfish is awesome. Tripolosaur, My Prism, The Terrors has this like kind of creepy and terrific energy at the end of that song. Um, I wrote Mundungus and just put four exclamation points um, <laughs> uh, next to it. And then probably the song that gets stuck in my head the most is Mango Terrarium. Uh, mm-hmm. with the... I get that's. I mean, I, I heard that one and then like a week later, I'm still singing it. Downsides. Anything that that kind of as you were going through, it, you were like, mm-hmm. yeah. So at, at certain <laughs> at certain parts, not too often, but at certain parts, songs kind of to, to kind of tended to run together. Okay, and it's just you know sound the same one song to the next. Not a ton, but it was enough to where I was like, you know what? I either need to break this up with something else or I'm going to get bored of it because it's all going to, it can tend to blob into one long song. I agree. Not that it does, but it's, it, that's one thing that kind of great music, but I was like, man, if they just had varied each song a little bit, it would have made it that much sweeter to listen to. You know I, I, I mean? agree with, yeah, I agree with you. And I went back and listened to about half of their previous record, highly high visceral part two to see what's going on there. And, mm-hmm. and if that's just them. Yeah. And I, here's what I came to. I think there's, there's, they have good diversity in their songwriting, but their production on this, it's, it feels like they did it in like three days. Yeah, because it, every song sounds it's produced like the exact same way. They're like, "Hey, put a little distortion on the vocals. Uh, we're yeah. we're just gonna do that the whole time," and it's it's fine. But I kind of wish they would have taken if yeah. I mean, it's a COVID record, right? So it's probably right. done as quick as they could. I don't know how much money they spent in this. Um, 
I think the songwriting is a little bit of a reflection of that. I feel like you do get more diversity in their other stuff, but this just is just, um, it's, it's, I'm trying to think of, of something else that it reminds me of that's very similar in terms of that. Here's what you get. And you, you get the same thing through the whole record like that. I can think of something. So Chromio, uh, like a 80 synth pop band that I like from Canada, they put out a COVID record, you know, 2020 okay. record. And it's like a six song EP, but it's this, it suffers from the same thing. They wrote it real fast. All the songs tend to sound the same good songs, but the production is all very meh compared to all of their other work. Yeah. And so I was like, man, I could tell they just like rushed through this. And I, if, if they would have taken just a little bit more time, they could have polished it up, given it a little bit of diversity and it would have been that much better. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think if they would have done more with the variety of sounds used, whether that's different guitar effects, definitely. I wish they would have um, like the you know I wrote it's cool, but not every song needs distorted vocals. Right. Exactly. You know. And then there's a couple of times where um, they were doing like background vocal harmonies, and I wish they bring that up a little more in the mix. Like, yeah, it's uh, very hard I, to hear. I wrote that down for Glitterbug. Uh, was an example of that where I'm listening to the song and like in the bridge, they start doing these really cool three part harmonies and I'm going, Oh man, that's a little buried in the mix. Like let's, let's go back guys. Let's, let's, this let's unmaster this and redo it and let's kick it up a notch. But overall, man. Yeah. I, I had so much fun listening to this. I love the energy of the record. Um, and I, and I really, I think if they come in concert, I'm going to be right there. I definitely want to check these out, see if they're oh, yeah. matching that energy live yeah. like they're doing. So I gave it four beards. What about you? I gave it four too. I almost nice. gave it, four, I would have given it four and a half if the production would have been like that much more. And if they all hadn't sounded the same, yep. I definitely would have given it four and a half for that. But yeah, I think, I think you're right on that one. Dead. This is that's definitely a good album worth listening to, and that's coming. And like, and I don't normally like like I have a broad taste in music, but there's like I've said before, I tend to stick to electronic stuff or rock. Those are the two mm -hmm. genres I stick to that are my favorites. I'll listen to a lot of stuff. So when something like this breaks in, that's how good it is. It's fucking good. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy that you liked it. Um, I was, I was, uh, I was uh, admittedly a little bit expecting for you to come back and be like, Dan, thanks. You know, I know you <laughs> like weird shit. Can we listen to something normal next week? <laughs> something normal. <laughs> I'm waiting. Like I'm counting the episodes for you to come back with that and be like, dude, you got to give it a fucking rest with it. <laughs> <laughs> with all the weird shit. And I'm going to tell you something like I I'm expecting that, but the reality mark is we haven't even scratched the surface. Oh, I'm sure of my weird, <laughs> weird music rabbit hole, fucking psycho fetish that I have. Yeah, we're going to no, get, we're going to get, so you're, there's going to be a couple of times you're, I'm, you're going to want to quit <laughs> and I'm waiting. I'm waiting for us to get there. We're not there yet, but like, Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, sure it'll happen. I'm going to throw some shit at you and you'll be like, I'm done. I'm fucking done. And you're never coming on the other podcast either. <laughs> Just because you like this band. I'll be like, Drew Hallway is coming on next. See ya. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, four beards. That was great. And so then this week, 
I don't know why I've been listening to a lot of like music from the nineties or the early two thousands, but for some reason, this, uh, album came to my mind. So, uh, I picked American standard by a band called everyday life. And this was a new metal slash, you know, rap metal or rap core band, whatever you wanted to call it from 1997. And I was like 16 years old when I first heard this and I was just getting into heavy music and metal music. Mostly I was listening to like industrial music or like hardcore, but I heard these guys, these guys are from orange County. Uh, not from Orange County, or is it Orange County? They're from uh, Long Beach. They're from Long Beach. They tell yeah. you like five times. Five times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. There's a whole song about, <laughs> about being from Long. Like, <laughs> what, so what? That's that's one of the things that's so funny to me about '90s rap rock is. I feel like every band had to have a song about their area. Code. Oh yeah. Yeah. POD had the one about South town and being South, you know, San Diego. Every, every band did that. Yep. <laughs> but a, uh, so the, what makes this band different? Actually, there's several things that make this band different and the music different. First of all, musically, I feel like, they just embrace the fact that they are not a precise band. The guitar work is sloppy. The bass work is, can be kind of sloppy. The drums are tight, but it's still, sometimes he has weird ways of like progressing the drum beat or having a drum beat, Mm -hmm. which I kind of like it's, it's not traditional, at least compared to uh, the other bands that were around at the time. Uh, like a lot of other people, I would show this to them, like some friends and they'd be like, Oh no, they, they suck. They're not as good. They're not as, you know, tight or they're not as precise as the PUDs or what are the other bands? And I'm like, yeah, but there was something different about it, which made them cool. Then, then the vocalist, Ted Kirkerly, this dude, Oh my gosh. This dude, he was not afraid to say what he thought and say what he felt. And he alienated himself in the band just by his lyrics. Um, and that it was a big reason why I liked him because I was like, here's a guy who's going to say what he thinks, even if everybody disagrees with him and doesn't like him for it. And I got to see him at a concert and I met him and he was just... He he was like polite and nice, but you could tell like this dude is a disturbed dude. At least no you know, shit. Like m- maybe disturbed's not the right word, but this dude has not had an easy life. Yeah, don't compare him to disturbed. <laughs> no, because they're. <laughs> <laughs> but a uh, it was it was interesting. So like when you when you get into like the lyric, like their first album deals a lot with uh, growing up in like a you know the the wrong side of town. Yeah. And so stuff like that. There's a lot of a lot of lyrics about that. So this song is more or sorry, this album has more songs that deal with uh hypocrisy as Americans and calling it out or hypocrisy as Christians and then calling that out, which okay. just alienated the band. Like they they got on MTV, their videos got on MTV, they started getting charted on radio stations, and so then like mainstream Christian people heard about it and they got them, they got them banned from like Christian bookstores and stuff like that. And so there was like this huge backlash. And so he, you know, in a few interviews, the, the vocalist was like, Hey, he's like, um, I'm not here to just confirm what you want me to say all the time. He's like, if I have something to say, I'm going to say it, which just made him more unpopular in the eyes of like, you know, a lot of people, which for me, I was like props to this guy. He's not going to, you know, just blindly do what people tell them because, Oh, this is what is going to make you commercially successful. Were they a big part of like the Christian rock circuit 
in California they were, but like okay. they they were getting they they did they released their first album and they were very, very popular in California, which is where I grew up. And yeah. so then this second album came out and they started getting more known. They started going on tours and getting more known uh, across the nation. And uh, the the first the first album cover for this record was just like a, a urinal. And it, like the in, inside the album sleeve was like the you know, this isn't a, this isn't like a, we're not bashing America, but we are saying that there's a lot of hypocrisy in America and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, we're calling out these things that we see and, you know, stuff like that, which I was like, okay, that's fair. Um, but, and that's what the whole first track American standard is about. Just like their thoughts on what America was like in 1997 and a, uh, pushing is kind of an interesting song because it's just like a, a fight song, which for the time was, kind of interesting because you didn't hear a whole lot of like Christian bands have a fight song. It's just, you know, when you try to take what's yours, when you try to take what's mine, push back. It's, 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 it's a simple song, but it's very catchy. Yeah. But then the, what makes this music, at least to me so good is the lyrics just get dark. They get really dark. And so then after doing a little bit of reading, finding out that the vocalist, you know, grew up, wrong side of town. He actually had an abusive mother who told him he should commit suicide several times. And so, and then he, there, it's like stuff like that. I was just like, man, I can't even imagine what that would be like to grow up in a home where your mother tells you she wants you to kill yourself. Yeah. That's, that's, I didn't even know. I didn't pick up on that at so, all. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like lyrically, I didn't catch on uh, very to very much of anything. And I, and so like I had this weird relationship with any, any type of rap music uh -huh. where I can, I can understand what's being said. Um, I appreciate like sort of the, the rhythm of it and, and the cadence and how it fits in with the, the overall groove and stuff. It's, it's really rare that I, I look back and go, wow, you know what they were actually saying was was either profound or lyrically impressive and and this and that um a, a lot of times it's it's i'm i'm guilty of having rap music go in one ear and out the other the for other. me <laughs> and and i'm just i'm moving on and i'm 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 very much in the moment just the moment changes so much with with any type of rap music um i got to tell you man this dude god i had so much fun listening to this record <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because it sounds so nineties. Yes, it does. You know, and I mean like this is like like whenever uh you think like hey, I want to listen to some 80s rock and I put on like Hysteria by right. Def Leppard. <laughs> this is I mean, it's the same kind of thing. It's it's very just so telling of that sound. Like the snare drum. Oh yeah. Is like the bet <laughs> it's like the most 90s sounding <laughs> snare drum back when everybody had like the they get the, almost like a piccolo yeah, snare and just snare. like tighten the head so tight. Cause they're all in marching band or whatever it yeah. had. Uh, it had that to it. The, uh, the, the singer, I thought he had a really cool voice. Do you remember two skinny J's? I think yes. we've talked about them. Yeah, we have talked about them. And this guy sounds exactly like Special J from Two Skinny J's to the point yeah. where I went and looked to see <laughs> if, if he was guy. double teaming, if it was the same dude. And it's not, but like same kind of flow, same yeah. kind of, of rhythm choices to what he's playing or not. Is he singing and playing guitar or is he just... He's just, he just, uh, just okay. vocals. That's it. He doesn't okay. do any mu mu uh, musical instruments. I, 
I would have been so impressed if he was singing and playing guitar. I, I would have, I've never heard this band. And I, that's why I wanted to know if like they were Christian, uh, and, and really sticking to there because yeah, they just, they weren't, they didn't make it to Louisiana in the nineties. <laughs> I'd never heard of them. I admit that out of all of the kind of rap rock albums that came out at that time, such as POD and uh-huh. Limp Bizkit, this is one of the more enjoyable ones. It, um, it really is. And the back to the dark lyrics thing. I, I don't know. Sometimes it's just like a dark song. Kind of maybe because I have my own darkness and dark events in my life that I've had to deal with. I kind of like, it's kind of like, oh, okay, I'm not the only person that's gone through some shit in my life. But the song Touched is all about getting molested. And I have a very vivid imagination. And that song makes my skin crawl. Bro. And I'm not even kidding. That song literally makes my skin crawl. I listened to this record probably five or six times and that didn't even register with me. Especially the, the only, chorus part. <laughs> the only song that I, I can tell you, like I really got specific with the lyrics was um, the 10 little Indians. Oh yeah. And that's just because the, I, I, it caught my attention because I was like, Oh, another rap metal band doing nursery rhyme lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I and I made a note. I was like, look, that was kind of a low point of the record for me. I was like, it worked when Corn did it on their first album, but I feel like ever since then, when somebody did it, they they wanted to kind of tap into a creepy sound, but it was unintentionally funny. Like that right. that song, I, I admit, it did make me actually LOL a little bit. Like I, <laughs> I genuinely started laughing when he was doing that. I was like, okay, um, this I, I I I don't know. I feel like the record, it's. Um, Starts really, really, really strong. Very drags strong. a little bit in the middle for me. I'll be if I'm being real honest. Like around track six through ten or so, um, I, I felt we're just kind of like a little bit of a valley, but it mm-hmm. ends strong. Yeah, the I overall I like this album a lot. Uh, Stalemate and Transcend, they're okay. Birthright, the El- the song about Long Beach, it's just kind of repetitive and pointless <laughs> that's how i knew he wasn't from two skinny jays because because two that. skinny jays had a hit called 718 where it's all about their area codes he's like people live in 212 i live in 718 and uh i that's not the long beach area code so no uh so, um, but the last two songs, especially Tempest yeah. and Electric Starter, oh my gosh, those are great. I a Tempest is just the the vocal at Ted Kirkley, he has this way of just like having these guttural screams come out and it like brings up so much just like emotion. And he does that really well on Tempest and then uh Touched and then also on Deprived. Deprived was what track four. That was an interesting song because it has this like hanging drum beat that in the verse it like starts to go and then it pauses and before the mm-hmm. snare hits at the end, which is really fun because so many rap metal bands just did your typical, just like groove beat. And it was the same thing. Every song or it's very similar. And I really enjoyed that because it, it builds and then it makes you wait before that snare kicks in. So it leaves you hanging every measure, which is fun. Yeah. And then at the end of the bridge on that song, there's this really fast, just hammering out fill, which is so much fun. It's just, the song is, it's like not one of the, it's, it's a decent song, but those two, the drum work on that song just makes it phenomenal. Uh, but 
overall, my favorite tracks are Salt Circles, uh, Tempest, and Touched, just because they're just they're 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 different. They're unique. I like how the guitar player does not care if the stereo guitars are the same. There is so many times where like an <laughs> intro is just noise or it's everything is off and you can hear it and he just doesn't care. And it's just, I think it's just, they were just like I, playing through feeling. I really liked that though. I, I liked that. I don't know if, if I would choose the word sloppy to describe it for me. It's it's, there's a looseness right in, yeah. in, in what they're doing. But, um, and I mean, come on, it's, it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, but sloppy is not really what came to mind. I don't know why when I listened to it, I went, this doesn't feel sloppy, but it, but yeah, they're there. I, I just picture the like, boom, he's hitting strings and kind of like whatever. And yeah. Okay. So I'm a beat off. Fuck it. You know? And yeah, <laughs> I like that. Uh, I, I like that a lot. I like when bands play and they're not concerned with precision and they're just able to feel it. Uh, and that came through, man. Yeah, I, I, the songs I liked a lot. I liked I liked the intro song. I like American Standard. Um, the actually the first four tracks, Pushing, Salt Circles, Deprived, mm-hmm. were were all really solid for me. And then coming back out of it, I, I did like Electric Starter a lot as an ending song. Um, Could have done without Ten Little Indians. <laughs> Could have just dropped that. I thought. I thought stalemate was kind of an okay song too. And then transcend was kind of like the seven, eight, nine, uh, on there were just kind of at that point. I don't know if the, if, if the fun started to wear off for me or not. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just feel like the song just weren't as well constructed as the earlier ones. Yeah. It was once again, good album, uh, 14 songs though. So they could have got rid of four of them and still been fine. And would have had a solid album. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I gave it four and a half beards because I just, I liked this growing up as like a late teen and early twenties. And then now coming back to it 20 over 20 years later, I'm like, wow, I still really do enjoy this. This doesn't, uh, sit with all the other trash of the rap core. (laughs) There's very little rap core that I can listen to and go, Oh, Hey, I enjoy this. (laughs) And I think it's because they, they differentiated themselves by, just being themselves, kind of doing whatever they wanted, even if nobody else liked it. And I was like, props to you guys for doing that. Yeah, I think I think he's probably one of the better rappers of yeah. that genre. You I heard like, I mean, the two skinny J's thing aside, he his his flow felt a little more like something I'd hear from Q tip in like Tribe Called Quest than anything. And I liked that. I liked that he was able to tap into more of like the hip hop style and really, really think about rhythm and stuff while he's doing it. Whereas I feel like a lot of those other bands at that time, everything was aggressive. So the rapping had to be aggressive. Yeah. And you know, this guy, he, he knew a little more about dynamics. I, I, the thing, the other thing I liked about it, I didn't get to talk about was, um, the tone of the guitar was, is, is super cool. Like whatever rig he had set up for his heavy tone with the distortion and everything. I I absolutely love when people can get that because it's on um it's like a half between using like a really fuzzy sound and half between something that's built for metal and I really want I I don't even know what he's doing to get that but I want that sound I want that guitar tone it's, I ended up giving it three and a half beards um okay. overall I, I this was enjoyable for me man like I, like I, you you kind of 
had uh, last week you talked and you're like, Dan, I think you're going to struggle with it. I didn't struggle with it as much as you said. So you did a good job of, of under promising and over delivering with good. this. And at the end of the day, man, look, it's, it's a fun record. I, I would go back and listen to this the same way I would listen to like, uh, some of the, the poppier heavy rock from the eighties, mm-hmm. you know, a la like Motley Crue and Def Leppard. And look, before you say anything, I like a lot of that shit, you know? Um, <laughs> Instead of singing, whereas like, in the, <laughs> that's the big difference. All the 80s songs were were just sex euphemisms. All of the 90s songs were like, we live here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're from Long Beach. And like, cool, we're from New York City. Yeah. <laughs> and then G-Love and Special Sauce is like, I'm from Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, before we wrap up, uh, what did you pick for next week, Dan? Okay. I... I'm going to give you the choice here. Okay. Normally, normally I would just go with this. Um, but I, I want to see if you're open to the suggestion before I just commit you to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Godspeed, you black emperor uh-huh. famed pro- post rock 20 minute long songs. They got a new <laughs> record out and I'd really like to do it. I have several backups. Um, uh-huh. I know you're not the biggest fan of, 20 minute long songs, <laughs> songs without any singing that are just all <laughs> instrumental, epic sweeping things. Um, are you up for that this week or would you rather go in a different direction? You tell let's me and then shot. we're, let's give let's it a give shot. It a okay. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I willing to try that. it. I'm willing to try it. That's, I already listened to the one and I was, I, I just need to doing it again. We'll be fine. Now that you know, it's, it's going to be one of those things. You'll probably have to get in a a certain headspace for it. I don't expect for you to come back from, I don't expect for you to come back next week and be like, man, I listened to this a dozen times. It's okay. (laughs) If you give it like two listens and you put your thoughts down and you're like, I think I got the gist of it. Cause it's one of those things you'll, you will get the gist of it. Um, right. I, I really, uh, this is an interesting one. I'll, I'll preface, I'll, I'll warn you and the listeners. What's really interesting is as opposed to some of their other releases where they would only have like four tracks listed, these Mm. are, these are, the songs are connected, but we're going to want to review this slightly differently because, um, like four of the tracks Uh are considered one song. They just split it. Oh, Okay into four different things and they gave it four different titles, but they are meant to be taken Mm -hmm. as one piece. So it's actually, it's, it's really the, the album's kind of like two sides, you know, and there's side one side two, and you're supposed to treat it right there by the middle. And I'll, I'll cover that when we get into it next week and I'll give you some more bio about the band and stuff. Um, and thanks for being a good sport in advance (laughs) for Godspeed (laughs) you exclamation point black emperor. No problem. Uh, so since the uh, I picked something that was 90s new metal and very dark at some points, yeah, if, go back and listen to Touch and look up the words and read them. Jeez. Um, Is it worse so, than Daddy by Korn? Because that song still fucks me up. I think Daddy's probably a little worse. That song but is terrifying. There's, there's just, just one line in the chorus where talking about looking into the guy's face and I'm just like, oh, my skin just literally crawls. It's just... It's just, and then, okay. and then, but see, here's the thing, stuff like that. Like, uh, I remember back when daddy came out or when this came out, uh, the everyday life album, one of my friends had the album, his dad, you know, was like, Oh, let me see what you listen to. Read the lyrics and was like, throw this away. This Dude. is bad music and went on a rant. And I was like, and I was there and I was like, 
So this guy obviously went through something horrible. So why is it so bad for him to try and find some sort of therapy out of expressing itself and maybe trying to give other people who have been in this place a voice or at least let them know that they're not alone. And he was just very close minded. No, it's bad. This music is terrible. And I was like, that's so ah, as even as a 16 year old, I was like, that's so insensitive and narrow minded. Like, like yes, it's disturbing. And yes, it makes you uncomfortable, but there needs to be a place for this somewhere. Where it really does, but anyway, the, the few of those songs kind of gotten a little dark. So this week I wanted something light and goofy and fun. So I'm going the complete opposite for next week, and I am picking the 2010 album by Chromio, Business Casual. This is 80s new wave pop stuff. It's there's the you you'll you'll see when you listen to it. Silly lyrics. Okay. A little bit over sexualized, but <laughs> it's it's fun. It's funny. There's a lot of like wordplay in this. It's nice. it's it's silly. It's silly nice. music and it's fun. Uh it's I've always thought this is just fun, happy music. And so I wanted to pick something that was just different. It's got some electronic elements into it too, which is where I really dig it. So it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. I I have a, I have a soft spot for a lot of bands that are like that, that don't mind tapping into a sillier side Mm -hmm. of themselves. I'm a big, like they might be giants fan. And, and that's a, that's a group that's recorded several children's albums for crying out loud. You know, uh, in fact, I saw, I saw a great headline in the hard times, uh, the satire page where it said, um, dad, not sure if new, they might be giants album is actually a children's album or if his daughter just really likes it. (laughs) 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 Um, you remember them? They were like, their big thing was like Istanbul was constantly like, that was one of huge hits. Uh, so I, so yeah, clearly I'm, I'm a fan. I'm open to that kind of stuff. Let's do it. That's going to be a good counterbalance to some of the self-indulgence and over seriousness <laughs> of Godspeed, you black emperor. Godspeed is a band that like, they, they are deathly serious about everything they do and it's all mood. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be a nice change of pace from that. I'm excited for it. Cool. All right. Well, uh, before we wrap up, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Pockets, and you can find Dan at Dwight Privilege. Or you can send us an email at wherepot at gmail.com. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you all next week.